Hello listener and welcome to Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Thank you so much for finding time to join me. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mangi. Pastor Kigundo Ndege is on standby with the family of segment. Today, he will talk about the 10 strategies for surviving infidelity. Pastor Prosinanga will also be joining us during the Bible segment. Today, she will talk about the blessed dead. Stay tuned for this and some songs which are in store for you. Here's a song, Sina Mashaka, by Modern Choir.
cha changu kikombe changu cha furika siku zote amene paka mafuta kwende kichwa changu kikombe changu cha furika siku zote program coming to you from Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Get ready to listen to Pastor Kigundu with a family life segment. Listener, we want to welcome you to our program, The Abundant Life, a program that is based on John 10, verse 10, where Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am convinced that this abundant life touches on our marriages, and so today we continue looking at the 10 strategies for surviving infidelity. Dear listener, people have no idea just how painful and difficult surviving infidelity really is unless they have been there themselves. During the initial stages, one seems to be literally teetering between life and death. This is not just a bad day or something you'll just get over. It is worse than death. It is living through your worst nightmare. Imagine a smooth glassy lake on a beautiful sunshiny day. Then imagine that someone manages to drop a big boulder right into the middle of the lake from a considerable height. Peace is now destroyed. The water splashes up out of the lake and back down, creating a ripple, a wave, and it continues one ripple after another getting bigger and bigger until even the outer edges of the lake have felt the effect of the giant boulder. This is the way that it is with affairs. 
kills where there was one's beauty and calm. Sure, in some marriages there are problems before an affair, but affairs happen in good marriages too. However, unlike many other wrongs human beings are capable of committing, marital infidelity creates far-reaching consequences of pain and destruction. It doesn't just hurt the person who has been betrayed, it hurts children, friends, and family members. People who are surviving infidelity begin scapegoating, that is, uh, taking out their anger, frustration, and pain on others who have nothing to do with it. Then there are those that are left to cope with STDs and other sexually transmitted diseases, you know, you know, like... Uh, I remember a story of one lady in our group who was saving herself for her marriage and had been a virgin until her wedding day. But when she got involved with this man who had an affair, you know, he infected and she died consequently. So her reward was the pain of a venereal disease, you know, a wedding gift for a man she had saved herself for. But what about pregnancy? And what about the children who grow up feeling they don't really belong because they are a product of an affair? In the initial stages after discovering a spouse's betrayal, it is very difficult to cope. We go into shock, sometimes anger, we can't think straight. Unfortunately, we must live through this mess. We have no choice, but how? How can we go about the overwhelming task of surviving infidelity? Dear listener, I will share with you 10 strategies. Strategy number one. Dear listener, treat yourself well. Treat yourself well. You need to be reminded in the midst of your blackest hour, even though your whole world has become ugly and dark, there is still beauty in the world. It doesn't feel like it today, but there is actually still hope for the future. So treat yourself today. You deserve it. You need all the mood help you can get. A nice walk in the park is not a bad idea either. Do things you normally enjoy doing even though you don't feel like it. Take vacations. If you have any possibility of getting away on a holiday, take it, even short holiday, probably a long weekend. And don't underestimate the value of mini vacations one can take in the midst of even a very busy day, like stopping to smell a bouquet of roses, to visit with a friend, or to laugh at a good joke. In other words, treat yourself well. Strategy number two, please take care of your health. You may not feel like eating while surviving infidelity, but your body needs to have basic nutritional requirements met now more than ever because you are going to be making important decisions that are going to have a huge impact on your life. Don't try to make these important decisions while you're starving yourself. If you can't eat, then drink a quality meal replacement beverage and take some good nutritional supplements. Strategy number three, dear listener, nurture your spirit. And uh, by this, I recommend some time in spiritual reading and in quiet meditation and prayer. Well, maybe not so quiet. You know, sometimes screaming at God could also be helpful. Remember, God can handle your screaming. Strategy number four, dear listener, don't make final decisions while in a state of emotional trauma. Do not make a life-altering decision while you are in the initial stages of surviving infidelity, still in a state of emotional trauma and shock. 
Even though it may feel as though there is no hope at all for your relationship, there may still be hope. Even though your spouse has done this awful thing, it is possible that he or she still loves you very much and perhaps you still love your spouse as well. You can leave your relationship if you want. No one will blame you. You have every right to do so. But I recommend you give yourself time before you create absolute finality. Many people have completely ended their relationships in the emotion of the moment only to find themselves later in a second marriage to someone who is second best. Later both spouses realize that they both had actually loved each other more than anyone else and they could have worked it out had they only tried. So don't doom yourself to a future filled with what ifs. Strategy number five. Tell people who can offer you support. Go and visit a friend. Don't attempt surviving infidelity all alone. But ensure this friend is a useful, helpful, and constructive friend. Strategy number six. Plan your time. Plan your first day. How are you going to live through this? Schedule appropriate downtime, but don't allow yourself to stay in bed crying all day, all week. The reality is that if you're in the process of surviving infidelity, you are in the middle of a war whether you like it or not. You have no choice. You have just been invaded by a great enemy who is bound and determined to ruin your whole life. You are going to have to stand up and fight for your own survival. Please don't let the enemy win. Fight to survive. So if you choose to allow yourself a downtime, that's okay. A time for grieving is quite appropriate. Schedule your downtown. Plan it. When surviving infidelity, please give yourself permission to mourn. You see, something has been stolen from you and you can never get it back. Something has been lost forever. You will never again be able to know that since your marriage, you are the only one your husband or wife has ever been with. That most important promise, a vow, has now been broken. Life will never be the same again, and it's okay to cry about that. Then force yourself to get up, dress nicely, and do something constructive every day. Strategy number self, educate yourself about affairs through reading. And dear listener, there are many helpful articles available on how to deal with affairs from wholesome books and resourceful websites. Number eight, dear listener, join a support group. Join a good support group because you'll need all the support and the perspective you can get from people who have been there and understand. Strategy number nine, counseling. Try counseling. This is a quality of life issue. Many people have found counseling to be an invaluable help in surviving infidelity. The best way to find a good counselor is through referrals. If you don't have one referred to you, you may have to resort to the yellow pages. Just remember you don't have to stay with a counselor that you don't like. If you find one is not helpful, don't hesitate to look for another. And obviously, as a Christian, I believe you need a counselor who believes in God's ideal of marriage. And lastly, remember laughter is good medicine. Watching a good comedy or spending time with someone who has got the gift of humor can be invaluable when surviving infidelity. Look for things to laugh about. Life is too short to mope around. 
And, dear listener, let me give you a final word of advice. Stay strong and be brave. Remember, life is a continuous battle, but when an enemy strikes the hardest, it is not time for weakness. It is the time to stand up and fight with everything that is within you. Remember, dear listener, you can make it through this, but it will take time. Give yourself time in surviving infidelity. And dear listener, remember with God on your side, you will be able to handle the impossible. You are tuned to Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. This is your presenter, Samuel Maangi. Our producer would love to have your thoughts about this program. Please send them to the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276-00100, Nairobi, Kenya, or email us through awrnairobi at ek.adventist.org. Let us now listen to Modern Choir with the song, Osihukumu. It is another opportunity to get some spiritual nourishment from Pastor Prosi Nanga. Welcome, Pastor. Hello, listeners. In our previous lesson, we learned about the pre-wedding party. And this was the first blessing of the seven blessings of attending the pre-wedding party of God. It was a blessing with a condition, and that those who read and hear must also keep the words of the prophecy. Today's lesson is the blessed dead. 
What a blessing! Then a heavenly voice like a Vesper bell pronounces a benediction. It is the second of the Revelation's second blessings. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write this, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, from their deeds, for their deeds follow them. What a blessing! Blessing to the dead. Not the dead are here pronounced blessed, but only those who die in the Lord, they who die with their faith fixed in Jesus Christ. As 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 18 tells me, and also in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16. Those who fall asleep in faith, including those who died from the time of Adam to the end of human history, have died while believing that confession of sin and faith in the atoning blood of the Savior would assure them of forgiveness and eternal life. Those are the dead who are blessed. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you hope to die in Jesus Christ? Many times people may think that when someone dies, it is possible to pray for him and therefore his characters will be changed. But the Bible tells me that it is only those who die while their characters are already formed and they have their assurance in Jesus Christ are those who are blessed. Therefore, when one dies, there is no more hope. If you have died when you don't have faith in Jesus Christ, that is the end of your life. But blessed are those who die when they have faith in Jesus Christ. The Bible speaks of three kinds of death. The first one is the spiritual death. The temporal death is the second one. And the third one is the eternal death. The spiritual death is that one which Paul talks about in Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1. And also, John talks about it in 1 John chapter 3, verse 14. That is the death to sin. When one feels that he is powerless and one feels that he is helpless, then he decides to surrender everything to Jesus Christ and therefore he dies to sin. That is the first death. And the second one is the temporal death. And this one, if each and every one is responsible. Each and every one must die. The first death which Jesus describes as sleep. In John chapter 11, verses 11 to 14, when Lazarus died, Jesus said that he was only sleeping. Everyone will have to die this temporal death. And the third one is the eternal death. The second death, as Matthew says in chapter 10, verses 28. There has been a considerable discussion as to the kind of death that resulted from Adam's sin. The death that was passed on to each and every one. The death that was passed on all over the whole universe. The Bible tells me that after sin, there was both eternal death and temporal death. Adam started to die immediately after sin. Even though it was not physical, one could not see him dead. Death had already started in his life because he started sweating. And therefore, there will be also eternal death. That is the death that will come after the a thousand years. Both death began when sin came into the world. The important contrast is between death as a result of Adam's sin and life as a result of Christ's righteousness. Paul's argument is that the gift of life and the benefits wrought by Christ are far greater than the effects of Adam's sin. The keynote is grace did much more abound. And therefore, when death are saturated all over the world, there was grace that was multiplied all over the world. And therefore, I would like to call on each and every one of us 
that even if we are anticipating to have the temporal death, temporal death on this world, and to sleep as we are waiting on Jesus Christ, let's have our anchor in Jesus Christ that we may have eternal death. Eternal death, the second death, when Jesus Christ comes back. And we can only be assured in this eternal death when we die, when our characters are formed and grounded on the righteousness of Jesus Christ. When we die and our characters are already formed in Jesus Christ, then we are the blessed dead. Will you be a blessed dead? Or will you be one of those who will die the eternal death? May God bless us as we prepare for the eternal life when he comes back. That brings us to the end of our program for today. I hope that you've been blessed. We'd like to have your views, comments, or questions about this program. Send them to the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276-00100, Nairobi, Kenya. Our email address is awrnairobi at ek.adventist.org. Join me next time, same place, same time. But until then, may our God keep you safe. I've been a host, friend, and presenter, Sambo Mangi. Shitaki, one Sitaki, one moja moja.
Aliyokushitaki wametoka moja moja Penda zako sitakukumbu Aliyokushitaki wametoka moja moja